Well, hello, everybody. It is January 15th. It's uh, MLK Day, and this is Rich Poland. And this is Stacey Ham. And this is your Ticket to Rider podcast. You're the world's greatest weekly podcast dealing with all things uh, in, uh, international competitions in the world of golf, focusing on the Ryder Cup. and uh, The world's greatest and only. And only. And Stacey, did you, did you have to work today, or were you off today? I had MLK day off. Our work is a progressive place. Just like you're, you're progressive. We give people days off for uh, great human beings that live. Or that's great. These, these, this great, this land that we live in, this great land that we live in. So well, was, I had today off. I, I gave my team a day off too. Usually on Monday, I, I operated an outpatient surgery center. They were off. So uh, I gave my team off for the day. And it's probably a good thing because you know, we live in Portland, Oregon, and it was a nasty weekend in Portland, Oregon. In fact, you know, you were supposed to go uh, to Pocatello, Idaho to see an old friend yeah. and, and you didn't make yeah. it. Didn't make it. Blizzard conditions all from Boise to Pocatello and it's a three and a half hour drive. So I didn't want to get stuck out in the middle of nowhere. And I mean, middle of nowhere. So yeah, didn't make it. Sad. And, and, uh, and you had, you had uh, an old friend, uh, Stay stay the weekend with you because her power was out and that was very yeah, nice well, of you. Yeah, only one night. One yeah, lovely, lovely, lovely person. Yeah, and uh, and I got a call on Saturday that my mom's power is out. My mom lives in an independent living facility with probably five hundred, you know, elderly people, and their power was out there, uh, and so you know, at, on Saturday night there was no way I could have gotten to her house, but uh, on Sunday morning. As soon as I realized that she was out of out of power, uh, she didn't have any charge on her phone, and the power was still out. I kind of bra braved the elements, braved a lot of down power power wise power wires and trees, and came and took my mom uh, downtown to make sure she was safe for the weekend. You know, Rich, I, why aren't these places on backup generators like your mom's facility? Like that's a house with a bunch of elderly people. I I have no idea, but then of you course, think they would be right? Yeah, you'd think they'd have backup for for i mean i mean i felt bad i mean i felt like i should be taking like five or six old people back to my to my little apartment but uh yeah i just took my mom uh i mean what so what what are the what are, i mean your mom was there the whole day without any power or anything so she would have been two days she would have been two, two days, days without power i you know i i don't know if they had you know they have a dining room there i don't know if they were feeding them i i, I really yeah. don't know but i brought my mom and and uh made sure that she was you know, happy and healthy through the night and then, you know, got her back there as soon as the power came back on. Yeah, Rich, uh, so you need to get your mom a backup battery for her phone or pack or something. You know, I, one of those, pieces, you know, you should get her the thing that we, uh, that I had from the Ryder Cup, one of those things, you know, just to keep it charged all the time and uh, go, she could always have one. Those I things sure really work get out, a, huh? Get her a Mophie or something like I have. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, huh. I should do that for her. Yeah, I should do that for her. But, uh, uh, she just had to sit there and watch me <laughs> watch a lot of football and watch some, watch some golf. Hey, I was disappointed. I don't know about you. Uh, on Saturday morning, I got up, you know, it's a long weekend on Saturday morning. I got up and I watched the third round of the, of the Dubai tournament and yeah. it was a great tournament, you know, Tommy Fleetwood, Rory, both Hoy guards are in that tournament. I mean, it was a really good field. Good deal. Yeah. Sunday morning, I woke up. Normally, I play tennis on Sunday morning, but you know the the club was closed, so our, my tennis match was closed. So I woke up early, and I'm like, "Great, I'll watch the the tournament from Dubai." And the Golf Channel didn't have it. I mean, they it, didn't, it was weird how they played it. I ended up watching the final. I mean, the final two holes we can talk about it, but Jesus, I, yeah, I, I I know who won, but did they play it? You know, did you watch it as it was going on, like in the middle of the night, or did they play you know, it again? No, I they played it again because what I did was I got I I looked at Instagram or Twitter or something. And I saw that Rory had 
three putted or something, one of the holes. And then I said, let me turn it on. And I turned it on and it was on. And I have, I watched the rest of it. So it was early in the morning. Huh. I mean, may, or maybe it was later in the morning. It, it must have been super early in the morning, Rich. That's what it was. Because I woke up at like I, 7 o'clock and I figured, great. I I'm think gonna it was watch, before that. I'm going to watch the It was tournament. before that. Yeah, it must have been before that. I woke up at like 7 o'clock. It was well before that, yeah. And and uh, and the third round of the Sony Open was on. And I was like, I already saw that. I don't want to watch the Sony Open. I want to watch yeah. Dubai with Rory and Tommy Fleetwood and, and Yannick Paul and all these other great players. You know, probably a better field in Dubai than they had at the Sony Open, really. I think, yeah. So I think I watched it before that because they played, they aired it, and then they aired the uh, third round again. So I was up pretty early. I must have been up early five, or because I watched the last two holes, I think, and they were not good for Rory, but they were good for Tommy. Yeah, yeah, good so for it was Tommy. A great tournament. Though. He still can't win in the good U.S., for- but he can win in he can win abroad, and that's great. Tommy's but a great guy, but he hasn't run abroad in a long. That's a, he hasn't won abroad in a while. He, as well, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, this, this, was, big... this was also a big football weekend, but our teams are, of course, out. I'm very happy because the commanders hired probably the number one candidate for general manager in this cycle, a guy named Adam Peters from uh, the 49ers, who's supposed to be like the guy who made all the all the really good picks for the 49ers, and, uh, but didn't make the Trey Lance pick. Apparently, that was Kyle wow. Shanahan. Uh, so I'm well, it really looks like excited. they're going to end up hiring one of his guys that he worked with. That uh, who are they going to hire? The Detroit guy, or are they going to hire somebody else? Well, the rumor is that that we want the Detroit guy, Ben Johnson, but uh, he's still in the playoffs, and so you know I don't know that that can be finalized anytime soon. But that's that's and Ben Johnson rumor. is a good friends with the with the 49ers guy, right? Aren't they like well, good I don't buddies know, or something? I don't know. I don't know how close they're. What what Washington did hire was a guy named Rick Spielman, who used to be general manager for the uh, Vikings. Rick Spielman's okay. brother is Chris Spielman, who was a linebacker at Ohio yeah. State, and yeah. a long-term linebacker for the Lions, and is like the vice president of something something for the Lions. Uh, so uh, there is a relationship between the Spielmans and Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson okay. was actually was actually a quarterback uh, at UNC. Uh, oh, he oh he did. Okay, yeah, he played quarterback at UNC, but I I don't think he was a star or anything. But that it's just ironic because, you know, Washington this year played with Sam Howell, quarterback from UNC, and a lot of the prognosticators have us drafting Drake May with the number two overall oh. pick, also a quarterback from UNC. Um, I, I don't know. So, I mean, the last uh, guy who, I don't know. I think. So, we'll see. Uh, now, the Chargers, uh, the rumors are that the Chargers may be the place for Jim Harbaugh. How would you feel about that as a, as a Charger fan, getting Jim Harbaugh? Uh, I think I might have lost Stacy here. I'm gonna get him back, and we'll keep going. So, so what do you what do you think about Jim Harbaugh as a potential Chargers coach? I mean, he's kind of a douchey guy, but you know, I mean, I don't know. I just think you got to go in a different direction. I mean, he's a good coach, right? He's he got wins. a he's had a good he wins. He's had a good track record. He's a brace. This isn't called, but he he he's done it both places. So yeah, maybe he is a good hire. I mean, why do you think he wants that job? Uh, because he already has a quarterback. It's, yeah. it's the Chargers. I, I was listening to one of their one of their uh, to a podcast talking about the Chargers, and the problem with the Chargers is Justin Herbert's already you know signed a new contract, so he's yeah. making a lot of yeah. money, and they have like half of their salary cap in Justin Herbert, uh, uh, Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, and Khalil, and Khalil Mack. So I mean, their salary cap is almost always almost entirely taken up of veterans and um, they're in kind of close to being in salary cap hell. Well, the only two players that you would want to keep on that team, I mean, there's three players, but Bosa and on the defensive side, something to build around and to keep Herbert. Keenan Allen, he's good, but you you can go out and get another receiver somewhere, right? Don't you think? I mean, push comes to shove. Well, that's the other one. Mike Williams, Mike Williams, I, I think it's actually yeah. half of the salary cap, and it doesn't include Justin Herbert. But Mike Williams was out with an ACL all year. He'll be he'll be restructured or gone. But they have the number yeah. five. They have the number five pick. Uh, and who do they take? What do they need? Well, what do they need? You know, they might take another one of these wide receivers to you know because Keenan Allen is older. Uh, I think on defense, 
I mean, I don't know that there's very many people on defense who are worth being selected with the top five pick. Yeah, Marvin Harrison, that's who I would take if he gets to Marvin five. Marvin Harrison, but he won't, of, he won't get to five. There's, there's, there's no. He, I mean, he's. I mean, well, who's gonna? I mean, all the guys that. Yeah, that's probably a lot of those teams. He's gonna. Chicago's probably gonna take him, probably. Well, or, or he's not gonna get by Arizona. Oh, that's right. He's so not I wouldn't want to go there Arizona either. For so uh, yeah, another. Uh, well, but the short guy throwing to another short guy. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. Uh, I mean, but uh, you know the wide receiver from from Washington, Roma Zuze, the wide receiver from LSU, neighbors. There's some good other wide receivers. Are the yeah. other guy they could take? You know, the guy I love is the tight end from Georgia, Brock Bowers. He's fantastic. He's good, right? And he's got a good family history too, right? He's he's fantastic. He would he would be yeah. good. You know, you know, a good selection. Or you trade back for a team that wants maybe maybe one of the wide receivers or one of the big tackles and get more assets. I don't, I don't know. But anyway. I mean, I think you get you know, Roma Duce. You're right. You get the guy from Washington, and then you can Mike Williams can go, and then Keenan Allen's getting older, and you decide on those guys and yeah. start start anew, right? Yeah. I mean, with the new coach coming in, start anew. Get rid of those old guys, dump those salaries, and try to do something build around Herbert. Well, I'll tell you, you got what. Both I'll tell you what. You know what the best part about this weekend was? How about them Cowboys? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hate when they interview old dudes like Jerry Jones. I mean, he's just like sitting there like a dude. You know, can you just always wear a suit to the game? Can you put something on that looks like make you look like the 21st century? But I love it. The as, they're, as they're getting cream, they keep showing these pictures of Jerry Jones. I love that. I love that guy. And the sun, and the sun right there. You know, there's a lot going on. <laughs> son, well, Rich, his, money his can buy a lot of things. His son reminds me. You ever, you ever watch those old Smokey and the Bandit movies? And, yeah, and there was yeah. there was Jackie Gleason played the sheriff, and then yep. his dumb son. That's what that's always what, what Jerry Jones' son reminds me of the dumb son to Jackie Gleason in the Smoking the Bandit movies. I love it, dude. I love it. I mean, it, you know, money can buy a lot of things, but it can't. Well, I would say it can't buy you a championship. Really, you can go and get a bunch of good players, but it, there's always a team that's gonna. I mean, they didn't think Green Bay was going to beat them. No way any Dallas Cowboy fans thought Green Bay was. They thought Jordan Love was going to go there and just uh, do, do a terrible job. But he was actually fantastic yesterday. Was, I think he's going to be pretty good. That they, guy. Yeah. They, they were out coached. I, I agree. With you. I think I think they were overconfident. They they thought this was a walkover. Green Bay didn't yep. have any, you know, other than Aaron Jones, didn't have any any uh, stars on offense. Even their offensive line, their best offensive lineman, David Bakhtiari, was out. Uh, their wide receivers are all young, you know, young guys. They just thought they were going to walk, walk over them. Yeah. And I love it. Anyway, it was, it was a interesting weekend here in Portland, you know, with this terrible weather, just, uh, we're, I'm, I don't know about you. I'm watching, uh, game number five right now, this Pittsburgh, uh, Buffalo game, but just watching a lot of football, watching a lot of golf. We'll recap for you the, uh, the golf and, uh, uh, and then uh, talk a little bit about uh, the the uh, talk a little bit of, uh, about in my hometown uh, the legacy of uh, discrimination against African Americans and how African Americans were allowed to uh, wear and how they were allowed to play golf and you know Washington was the uh, was the home of of Lee Elder one of the uh, great pioneers. Uh, in golf for African-Americans in this country. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And just, you know, I saw on Friday night, speaking of that, I saw a great movie on Friday night, Stacey. That's what you were telling me about. You were telling me earlier, you mentioned that. So Tell me is, about it. This, this is a movie called American Fiction, and it stars uh, Jeffrey Wright. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, great actor, Jeffrey Wright, uh, who, who, you know, I'm honored to say, uh, I went to summer camp and to uh, St. Well, Albans, right. St. Albans school camp. with, uh, yeah. and it stars Jeffrey Wright as a very accomplished teacher and actor, uh, a t teacher and writer. Uh, his name is Thelonious Monk Ellison, who wow. writes these really you know wonderful novels that nobody reads, and and somebody is like torture calling me. I'm sorry about that. Uh, anyway. Uh, he no, nobody's buying his works, and uh, there's another author who's also you know uh, African American and very you know well educated who writes a novel that's critically acclaimed that she writes basically in in you know for lack of a better term kind of ghetto speak, 
uh, about the black experience. And it's disingenuous because she's, you know, she's a highly educated, you know, university professor. So upset about this, he basically writes a parody novel and becomes famous, uh, except it's as a pseudonym. But the novel is famous. It wins all these awards. And he is basically written as a joke. And uh, wow. it's a comment on, you know, you know, I think the way that society, you know, kind of sometimes rewards African-Americans, but only if they, you know, stay in their lane, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, bad, but that's true. But he's fantastic. I mean, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wright's a fantastic a actor and uh, the great Leslie Uggams plays his mom and, and it's just, just a very, very well done, uh, very well done piece. But well, I'm, I'm going to play for you a little later on this uh, Jeffrey Wright, who's from, of course, D.C., narrated this piece for the Golf Channel. And uh, I'll think we'll, we'll play some of that later on about uh, the Langston Golf Course in D.C., which is kind of a, a famous kind of uh, famous place for African-American celebrities to come and, and play golf when they were in D.C. It's, I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So I'll have to see the movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, American fiction. It's fantastic. Uh, it's won all kinds of awards and, and, uh, uh, he's up for, he's up for all kinds of acting awards or, or will be. So really, really good stuff. All right. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about golf. So, uh, let's, let's, let's do the PGA tour. Oh, did you see, did you see the latest rumor of who's supposed to be going to the live tour? I have not seen any late rumors. Uh, no, who's Wyndham, Wyndham Clark is the latest one. Oh, goodbye. He's a one-hit wonder anyway, so goodbye. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, nobody will care. Yeah, I'm, He's very right-wing. Nobody will care. Very right-wing guy. Yeah. You know, very oh, so outs, outs, yeah, yeah. I think that, yeah. that's, you know, they, they do tend to get the right-wing guys. They sure do get the right-wing guys, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so... Let me think about Wyndham Clark. How, okay, let's. How much is he going to get from them? He's won one major. I mean, he's not going to get John Rahm money. He'll get eighty million dollars. I don't think he'd get that. You think he'd get fifty? Uh, yeah, forty or fifty. Why would a guy like Wyndham Clark, young guy, take fifty million dollars from the South? I mean, that that makes no sense. Uh, you get you're young, especially with the with the merger coming up, and and apparently there's yeah. been some movement in the merger. And it's funny, oh. Rory, Rory came out and he said he hopes golf, he, his vision for golf is very much like what we've said, more of an international game. And, yep. and we've said before, I'll say it again, I, I really think golf should be like tennis, where they often have, you know, two equal tours, one, you know, that's, that's in Europe and America, and the other one, which is kind of all over the world. Yeah, uh, If they really want to really grow the game, you know, uh, yeah. Have, have more international locations and have tournaments that everybody plays in. You know, one year yep. you might play in, in a tur in tournament in Morocco and the next year you might play in the same, you know, the same week in Florida, you know, and that's. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but Wyndham Clark, I mean, if he takes the money, go for it. We're not going to miss him. I mean, I, I, I don't even know what he does. I mean, except for playing, he did he didn't play too well after he won the U.S. Open, but you know he's a good player. There are a lot. There are a lot of guys who win their major, and then you never hear. You know, you never hear from them again. They 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 drop off the face of the earth. You know, the yeah. Danny Willits and Trevor Immelmans and, uh, uh, I mean Gary Woodland's never really competed for majors after he won his one major. There's a lot of guys who kind of win that major and then just kind of slide. They slide, yeah. Eating high off the hog for a little bit, and then they're done. And he certainly uh, wasn't very good at the at the Ryder Cup. No, he wasn't good. Was he had, it? He He's did off. have two times where he where his team got to eighteen, and he hit it. Eighteen was a par five, and all he had to hit was a good second shot. And I mean, he put it into you know places that you couldn't bear, you know basically hack hack the ball out. All he had to do was a decent second shot up to the up to the front of the green chip it, put it in for birdie and the U S would have, would have gotten halves or points. And each time yeah. he flared it way, way. I think he, I think he sliced both of them. He's a, I, I wouldn't, I mean, I don't think the tour would miss him if he left. No. Right. I don't no. think they miss him look, at all. Look, you have a, you know, a, a, you know, this week, this week they played the Sony, right? 
So the Sony never gets a great field. You know, the best players come down for the for the uh, for the Century Tournament of Champions, and then very few of them stick around for the Sony. Yeah, but it was a great tournament. I, it was a great tournament. I watched. I watched much of the third, uh, much of the second round, third round, and fourth round. Um, I had dueling, t- you know, TVs with football and and uh, and golf, but it was compelling. I mean, you had. Uh, Grayson Murray, who's a story in and of itself, you know, of yeah, self, what a story. A, another great kind of uh, reclamation story. You have Keegan Bradley, who famously was slighted for the Ryder Cup team, and I'm sure wants yeah. to have a big season to basically show, you know, show the world that he that he deserved to be on the Ryder Cup team. And you have uh, Ben on. Former U.S. Trying amateur champion, tournament. trying to win his first tournament, and he seems to, you know, be one of these guys who's always in contention. And, always in contention. And then you had guys playing great on Sunday. You had Russell Henley playing great on Sunday. You had J.T. Poston, two guys who, again, are yeah. in in that conversation for uh, in that conversation for the Presidents Cup. It's a Presidents Cup year. Uh, you know, Henley was on was kind of on the verge of Ryder Cup contention, and JT Poston's a very, yep. you know, a very accomplished guy. What have been on? He's Korean born, right? Uh, he is Korean. Or is yes. he, okay, he's Korean. He's but he went to school at Cal, right? I think he went to California. He's a Golden Bear. UC great, Berkeley. Been a great player. I mean, yeah, USM, UC Berkeley, yeah, yeah. Uh, huh, interesting. So anyway, and I and I like the fact that this course was not as easy as as the century. No, that was rough and heavy. Yeah. I mean, that's some heavy rough on this course. Yeah, uh, it was it, a great course. The rough cost, you know, cost uh, Keegan Bradley. Uh, yeah, he Keegan Bradley. So Keegan Bradley played very well. He shot sixty four on Sunday, 67, 64, 60, uh, Excuse me, sixty seven, sixty six, sixty three, sixty seven. But he comes to 18, which is a 541-yard par five, a, a birdie hole, and all he has to do is birdie, and he wins the tournament. And he wins. I mean, he missed a great putt. I mean, he hit a nice putt. I mean, it just rolled by. But his tee great shot, putt. he he hooks his tee shot into heavy rough, and has to chop out. Hits a decent third shot and hit a nice putt from about 25 feet, but it just misses. Yeah. Uh, Grayson Murray, on the other hand, also hits into deep rough. He hits a terrible shot off the tee. He was setting up the fade the ball. He he double crossed and hit in the rough, but then he made a nice layup shot and so, a yeah. good wedge into the green. Yeah, he had a beautiful wedge and he basically stiffed it into the green. And he makes his birdie mm-hmm. to get him. He needed the birdie to get into the playoffs. Uh, so you know, a three man playoff and uh, off the tee, Keegan Bradley's in great position. Ben on is in fair position, but Ben on hits a really good second shot. Grayson Murray hits, uh, has to lay up and then not a great, uh, third shot, but Grayson Murray, who had been putting great all day, hits like a, what yeah. a 35 foot putt. Yeah. Keegan Bradley, he's in great position off the tee in the playoff and then hooks one into the grandstand and can yeah. you know, gets to about 25 feet, but misses that putt. Ben on hits a great third shot and has what, like a seven foot, seven footer yeah, to, to go to yeah. the second hole and misses it badly. I mean, miss, I know I saw that. I mean, the only thing I can keep my eyes off was Grayson Murray's girlfriend. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, that was the only thing I was watching in that playoff was her. I mean, he, he's gorgeous. He's so, a North, he's from North Carolina, right? Grayson Murray. Yeah. So Grayson Murray won the Barbasol seven years ago. And then his life and his career, he struggled uh, with mental illness, alcoholism, alcoholism and I, I think he was off all tours. I uh, took time wow. off and, and has made his way back and has been kind of an outspoken guy. I mean, I've heard people say that he's kind of, you know, difficult, but, uh, you know, when you're, when you're an alcoholic, you know, your personality is, is changed. It's different. So. Good going, you know, Grace. That's interesting, Rich. Good going, Grace Murray. But that's interesting, Rich. A lot of these guys, like uh, uh, alcohol. I mean, you know, Chris Kirk. You know, you talk about Rich Beam didn't never have. I mean, I don't know what Rich Beam had. He just had partyism. I mean, there's something going on there. These guys party a lot, I guess, right? I think there's there's a lot of downtime. Yeah, there's a lot of downtime, travel time. Yeah. 
So, so yeah, uh, very interesting. Those are your top three: uh, Russell Henley and uh, the, the uh, Chinese golfer Carl Yuan, who who was putting brilliantly on He's Sunday. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, they sure. they were tied fourth. JT Poston sixth. Uh, Canadian Nick Taylor and Emiliano Grillo, uh, with uh, Frenchman Matthew Pavon tied seventh. He's on the tour full time. Was he one of those guys that got his tour his car, card? He must have, because yeah, yeah. Uh, he played very well. Uh, and then uh, rounding out the top ten, Andrew Putnam, Harris English with a backdoor top ten, uh, Taylor Pendrith, uh, and then some notables, Eric Cole and and Terrell Hatton, uh, both. Had good weeks, tied 13th. Uh, Billy Horschel, haven't seen Billy Horschel's name in a top 20 for a while. He had kind of been cold, but he was tied 18th with uh, Open Championship uh, winner Brian Harmon uh, and Chris Kirk, last week's winner. Uh, Denny McCarthy tied 24th with Stuart Sink and Patrick Rogers and Kurt Kitayama. Hideki Matsuyama tied 30th with Lucas Oberg uh, and Keith Mitchell. And Cam Davis also uh, tied 30th. And any other notables? Alex Noren, former Ryder Cupper, tied 42nd with uh, Robert McIntyre, tied 52nd. Uh, Eric Von Royen also tied 52nd. Corey Connors, 57th. So these are all the guys who are uh, presidents and Ryder Cup kind of participants. Webb Simpson kind of playing part-time now, tied 66th. And let me see, anybody missed the cut who's a potential of? Former Ryder Cupper, uh, uh, Ryan Moore, uh, Ryder Cup hopeful, Sagith Tagala missed the cut. Yeah, he was and not very good. Cameron Champ missed the cut. And Matthew Fitzpatrick missed the cut. He might have been the top-ranked player in the field, Matthew Fitzpatrick. I missed the cut, yeah. Gary Woodman. I like that those guys play. I like they play two weeks in a row. That's good for them. Will Zal nice to see Will Zaltoris was terrible on, on Thursday and came back and shot 69. He said he felt good uh, okay. coming back from back surgery, uh, but missed the cut. But it's nice to see that he shot 69. And I saw a nice interview with Gary Woodland, uh, you know, his first tournament Great back interview. from his brain surgery, yeah. and he was very emotional and, you know, uh, you know, great job by whichever surgeons took out his tumor. I, I think we said last week, I'm pretty certain based upon what I've heard that it was a, uh, a meningioma of the skull base. Uh, so a tough, it, tough it, surgery, but a it, benign tumor. Tough surgery. It was on the side where it controls like emotions and all that. So he said he was always in fear that he was, he would be on the plane. He was feared like something's going to fall on his head or he was always in like fear of things happening to him, which is really odd, huh? That's really, really, really uh, bizarre, but that's why I love the brain. That's why I take care of the brain. So uh, right. every part of the brain does things distinctly. All right. Why don't hey, Rich, you tell me what you know? Tell me what you know about. Hold on, before we go, tell me what you know about these eligible. I mean, to be eligible for the signature event. <laughs> I, you know how do the players can play them themselves into if you're not in the top thirty or the top fifty or the top fifteen, I right? I thought it was top seventy. I thought the top seventy from the tour were automatically eligible for the for the elevated or signature events. And then of course not everybody's gonna play and then, you know, I'm sure they'll go, you know, after after seventy. But yeah, I think well, you had to finish in the it, top seventy. Well it says right here, eligible for the remaining seven signature events includes the top fifty members from 2023, 2022, 23 FedEx standing, current year tour winners, top thirty players and official world ranking. 15 members who can play their way through the next 10 and the swing five and four sponsors exemptions. Oh, okay. Seven, 15. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is, is the American Express next week, is that a signature event? Yeah. I, I, I don't think so. No, it's not a signature so. event. I don't I, think so because the event Pebble in, Beach is. Pebble Beach, because the event in Dubai next week, there's a lot of guys, a lot of the U.S. players, like uh, Cameron Young's playing in that. Uh, all the guys who played this week in Dubai are playing, but Brian Harmon's going over there. A lot of the, a lot of the better PGA Tour players oh. are playing in Dubai this week. They must be getting appearances. They get they get paid, right? They must be getting. So this is these are the signature events: the Century, obviously, the AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am, the Genesis, which is Tiger's event, right? Yep. Uh, the Palmer Invitation, uh, RBC Heritage, Wells Fargo, the Memorial, and Travelers. Oh, okay. Travelers get that. Well, I think I think some of them change every year. Like the Memorial and the Arnold Palmer are always going to be signature events, but like the ATT is not always a signature event. Yeah, 
Uh, that's an interesting. They make that program a signature event because a lot of guys don't like playing those programs because it takes like, too long. Well, like last year, last year I think Phoenix was a signature event, and I think that Tory Pines was a signature event last year. But yeah, it changes every year. Except well, they probably want the they probably want these they probably want these programs to be signature events so you can get more of these really wealthy companies and guys in to play a lot of money. So the PGA Tour almost like raising money, probably right. Yeah, no, maybe I'm, it's like I'm, a fundraiser for them. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't you tell everybody uh, about uh, the the uh, DP tournament in Dubai won by Tommy. Okay. Tommy. I love this guy, Tommy. I mean, what a great tournament. Uh, so it's a Dubai Invitational. It's at the Dubai Creek in Dubai, UAE, you know, of course. Guys with lots of money. Uh, and all these guys live. They're like, Tommy Fleetwood has a house there and everything. Let me find the results. I'm looking. So it looks like, yeah, Tommy, what what a great tournament. So I woke up, I know Rich, you said you missed it, but I woke up a little early. Maybe I was up three, four or five in the morning. I woke up and I was able to uh, see the last three holes, I think. Uh, they were, they've been battling all day because I think Tommy had a big lead and then Rory rushed back, ran. I mean, Rory just made a bunch of birdies in a row and then Rory triple bogey one hole. Oh, it was a par three. He triple bogeyed or double bogeyed a par three, three putts, I think, on the par three. And then I think they were all tied. And then Rory came back and made like three birdies in a row or something. And then this is a terrible. Did you see that? Did you have to see the highlights of the last? So going down 18, I think Rory has a Rory's 19 under, I think. Tommy Fleetwood is 18 under. And Rory gets on the tee because he just made birdie the hole before he gets on the tee. He hits the worst drive I've ever seen. He hit it so far left into the water. It's just a mad hook right oh, off, the, off the tee. He hooks it. I mean, I've never, I mean, he had just made birdie to take the league to 19 under. Rory gets on the tee. Lateral, there's a lateral hazard on the, he hooks it out into the lateral hazard. Then all of a sudden, Tommy hits him right down the middle. Rory's second shot, he leaves about 25 feet. Uh, that was his third shot. So he leaves it about 25 feet. He has his long little tricky putt. He misses. I think he makes like par, he makes bogey. And then uh, Tommy hits it in there pretty good. He has like a 15-footer or 17-footer, and he drills it. He knocks it in to win the tournament. So Rory almost tied him. If Tommy would make that putt, I think they would have been tied. It would have been a uh, like three-man playoff or something like that. But it was amazing. I mean, Rory, this is his first week back, obviously. So he hasn't been playing. He was like, yeah, there are a couple of loose shots he hit out. But he did shoot 62 one day, so he I don't know. 62 on Thursday. That was his first round. Yeah, he's at sixty-two, and he, and he, and then so Tommy Fleetwood ended up shooting, winning at nineteen under. He beat Thurston Lawrence, the South African. Tommy Fleetwood shot sixty-six, sixty-nine, sixty-three, and sixty-seven, which is pretty darn good. Wow. And then Thurston Lawrence shot sixty-five, seventy, sixty-seven, sixty-four, and then Roars came in uh, tied for second, shot sixty-two, seventy, sixty-seven, sixty-seven. Thurston Lawrence. Uh, and then, Thurston Lawrence is a guy whose name we're hearing more and more. Uh, I know. You know, I, he, he must have, uh, I, well, I know it, it's interesting. I have the updated American rankings for the president's cup, but the internationals hadn't been updated, but as of huh. last week, he was like 19th, but he's going to pass. Oh, he, was? Okay. He, he and he and Ben on are going to move up. Ben on was 13th as of last week. And Lawrence was like 19th or 20th, but he'll move up. And, and, you know, Ben on is going to move into yeah. the top 12 course after after i think ben I, i'll make a prediction i think ben yon's gonna make i think yeah he's gonna make it he's working with sean foley right now i think he's gonna make it his game's really in a good spot but then you have the uh other british uh, jordan smith uh 16 under um finished at fourth uh francisco molinari 15 under uh solo fifth then you have the american sean crocker who plays a lot in europe he finished at uh, 14 under sixth place side with xander lombard uh, Tor Torbon Olison uh, finished uh, tied for eighth with Yannick Paul, and then Adrian Rock at eleven under, uh, number finished at top ten, and then you had the Hogard, uh, Rasmus Hogard finished at eleven, uh, tie uh, for eleventh at ten under, and uh, uh, Migl uh, Migliosi Guido Migliosi thirteen under. Guido, I mean aside Guido, Guido was Guido's thirteen. Finished at 13th, uh, solo 13th, uh, minus nine. And then you had Ryan Fox, who's been playing great. Who's going to be a star on the, I think, on the uh, president uh, team this year, this year, don't you think? Yeah. Ryan Fox is going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a good player. He's in the top, top 
top five right now. Well, let me do. Let me do. A, oh, go ahead. I mean, and there's about it. Uh, Nikolai Horgard, uh, twenty five. He finished at uh, five under in twenty fifth place, and that was about it. I mean, that, that Thomas Bjorn, of course. I like Daddy Thomas. He finished at thirty second place, uh, one under. So that was it. that was about it. But what a good tournament! And congratulations to Tommy Fleetwood. He hadn't won a long time, and well, you know, I'm, a long time. So I'm glad he won. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to to next week. You have another tournament in Dubai. The hero, the hero challenge in Dubai, and as I said, a lot of uh, a lot of the PGA players are going to be in that event. And over yeah. here, you have the American Express. Uh, is a lot of guys are playing, and did you see the commercial for that? A lot of guys, like I, I think, um, a bunch playing. of guys playing that tournament. I think Scheffler plays in. I think Scheffler's playing, but but for me, the biggest thing is Daniel Justin Berger. Thomas. Daniel Berger's playing, which I, I yeah. can't wait to see. Uh, I hope Daniel Berger's a little more a little more successful than Will Zalatoris coming back from injury. I hope, I hope so. Will Zalatoris well. plays. All right. There are a lot of studs playing that tournament, yeah. though. Because right? uh, who else is playing? Jordan Spieth is going to play, I think, and Justin Thomas. Yeah, a lot of studs playing. Well, here's here's uh, the, your updated President's Cup standings on the American side. As I said, I'm not going to do the internationals because I don't have the update. Uh, as of an hour ago, it hadn't been, it had, wasn't on the website. But Scotty Scheffler stays number one. Chris Kirk stays number two. Alan Markawa three. Max Homa four. Eric Cole moves up two spots from seven to five, and Sagith Tagala moves down to six. Those would be your automatics. Wyndham Clark down to seventh. Brian Harmon up up to eighth. Patrick Cantley down to ninth. Then Jordan Spieth stable at 10th. Xander Schauffele stable at 11th. And Keegan Bradley up six spots to 12. Uh, JT Poston up one spot to 13. Then Lucas Glover, uh, Ricky Fowler, Sam Burns, Taylor Moore, Adam Shank, Denny McCarthy, Tony Finau, Russell Henley up three spots, Ashe Batiad, Harris English up three spots, Kurt Kitayama, and Luke List at the end of the list. Okay, so uh, as prom, anything else you want to discuss before before I play this? Uh... No, no, I don't. I mean, I just think I, I'm excited. I mean, now that we're coming uh, back to the from the islands to state, uh, you know, what to the to the to a mainland here. I'm really excited about this tournament because now we're getting ready for a bunch of tournaments, right? We have this week, uh, you know, it, we play where? This week we play here. We play in uh, the desert. Next, the following week after that, do they go to uh, Genesis maybe? Or, no, they go to Farmers. It's the Farmers. Then you go to uh, AT and Pebble, ATT, the Pro-Am. Then you go back to uh, finish up with Tigers Tournament, which I think is awesome. It's, it, yeah, this season, this is the best part. The West Coast swings amazing. I love the West uh, this, Coast swings. The, the California and Arizona, to me, is 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 the best part of the season because a, these are they're all good tournaments. B, yep. you know that summer's that, that spring's coming. Yeah. Yep. And you know what? I forgot. I even forgot about uh, the other tournament. You know what tournament? I forgot about the Super Bowl. You know Phoenix because that's the second week of February, right? The Super love Bowl. So yeah. I know we got to go there one year. Next year, well, let's plan on going there. All right. Well, uh, let me see if I have this teed up. So this is, this is from the Golf Channel today, a tribute to, up to Martin Luther King Jr. on his birthday, and also talking about uh, golf in Washington, D.C. Well, hey there, Jimmy Roberts here, and this is your Golf Central update. You know, the 1920s full of glitz and glamour, and also was part of what's known as the golden age of golf. Horses were popping up all over the country, but as with many in America, sadly, not everyone was welcomed at those tracks. In the nation's capital, the fight of African-Americans for equality extended to golf courses as well. On this day, we honor Dr. Martin Luther King. We celebrate that story narrated by Washington, D.C. native, the actor, Jeffrey Wright. Of all the stages of the civil rights movement, the buses, the bridges, the restaurant counters, this 
is its grandest. I have a dream for less than five miles from those marble steps of equality is another gathering place, a clubhouse of common ground. This is Washington, D.C., a place of monuments, museums, but this is a memorial. You can find meaning in things that aren't overtly political. It's no secret that golf has a segregated past. In the 1920s, if you were African-American and wanted to play golf in the nation's capital, there was only one course you could play without any restrictions. There was an original course for African-Americans that was based around the Lincoln Memorial, but as the 1920s progressed, the area around the Lincoln Memorial became more and more of a popular space for visitors. The construction of the Memorial Bridge brought a lot of traffic to this space and really was kind of the impetus for the golf course closing. Because of the lack of courses African-Americans were permitted to play, two groups formed to help fight that discrimination. The all-male Royal Golf Club and the all-female Wake Robin Golf Club. Together, they continued to petition the Department of Interior to grant them a new public course to play in the city. In order to make it a law or make it a proclamation, generally it takes a political act. And we as Black American, African American, has most of our life gotten what we have gotten because of a political act. In 1939, because of its original white performers only policy, Constitution Hall denied singer Marian Anderson the right to perform there. So on Easter Sunday, Secretary of the Interior Harold Ickes arranged for Anderson to sing at the Lincoln Memorial instead. Over 75,000 people showed up. Two months later, on permission granted by Secretary Ickes, a course for African-Americans opened on the banks of the Anacostia River. Langston is no just regular golf course here in Washington, D.C. It is owned and operated by the federal government through the National Park Service. When Secretary Ickes made the decision to have Langston built, that opened the door, if you would. What Langston did for the Royals, for African Americans, it was a home, and it brought organization. It was a regular meeting place every week. It was very important that they had a place where they could come and not be harassed, not to try and end segregation, especially in public venues where, you know, if you're a taxpayer, you should be able to play. The course opened in 1939, and you know, it would be great to sort of say everything was, was rosy here, but the conditions were poor. Members of the Royals and Wake Robins really were pushing to gain access to the other golf courses. In June of 1941, members of the Royal Golf Club made a brave decision. They showed up to East Potomac, an all-white public course also run by the national parks, and began to do what they loved. They played golf. Police were called, insults were made, and the decision forced the National Park Service to react. The very next day, Secretary Ickes issued an order to open public golf courses to all players, no matter the color of their skin. Ickes pretty much in short order decreed that national parks needed to be integrated. That was the, the start, the spark. It was important in the desegregation because the men and women in the community helped the African-American folks no longer be the carrier of the bags, but the participants in the game. In 1945, the National Parks officially called for full integration across all of its properties. As time moved on, most of golf, unfortunately, stayed rooted in the past. But Langston remained a safe haven for all African-Americans, 
hosting both amateurs and professionals. The UGA is United Golfers Association. African American golfers could not play on a PGA Tour because of the Caucasian only clubs. Those struggles and those stories have been told here on the fairways at Lansing. Lee Elder, the first black man to play in the Masters, taught at and even managed Langston for a while. Other golfers like Charlie Sifford and Calvin Pete regularly visited. And throughout the years, Langston's reputation grew. Langston has a history not only with the common day golfer, but the entertainment side of society as well. Billy Eckstein, Ella Fitzgerald, Leon Ward, Bill Russell. I've seen President Ford, Bob Hope, Mike Tyson. We have a part five here. There was a tree. The tree is known as the Joe Lewis tree. Every time he played that hole, he hit his ball in that tree. I was about 12 or 13 years old. A car pulled up in the parking lot. And when I realized it was Muhammad Ali. And he said, God, you know, I've never picked up a golf club in my life. And he took my putter and just struck a ball and just kind of smiled and laughed. Although many heavyweights of society have made their way to Langston over the years, today it continues to be a home for anyone that comes through its doors. Everybody coming is part of history. You go anywhere in the world and speak golf, they understand what you're talking about. Because they play the same game. Because of a new agreement between the National Park Service and the National Lynx Trust, Langston will continue to add to its legacy for years to come. It's a beacon of life for this community. Langston has to stay vibrant and viable and accessible for this community for them to have a place to call their own. It's important to tell the story to the next generation of golfers. Golf has had a very tangled history with race and diversity. But when you see the kids, you feel like the best days for golf and the best days for Langston are truly ahead. What a what a great story! Wow, what a great story! Um, you know, I, I, I'm gonna I, I'll talk about my my dad. So uh, my dad, you know, we're, we're white, we're Jewish. Uh, there's a there's a there are a bunch of country clubs in D.C. Who, that didn't allow blacks or Jews. Uh, like congressional, I mean, I, congressional didn't allow blacks and Jews for many many years. They do now. But uh, my father was invited, my parents were invited to join Kenwood Country Club, which was a, a prominent kind of country club, kind of in our neighborhood, you know, close to us. And uh, when they started, you know, accepting Jews and it was very, it was actually uh, very, very prestigious. It was a great honor. Uh, and he asked, do they have black members? And they said, no. And so my father said, no, I'm not joining any club that wouldn't take black members. So that was, wow. that was what in, a great that man. Was, that was in the mid seventies. And, and I've always wow. saluted my dad for that. Wow. That's a great, that, that's great. I mean, wow. That just speaks volumes to your family, your mom and dad and how they raise you. And you know, the, just the person you are as my great friend, you know, it, yeah, my brother, my great friend, it, it speaks volumes. Yeah, I mean, that, that's racism, a classy man. Racism yeah. doesn't make it doesn't make sense. I, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I don't get it. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense at all. I you mean, see these people. I, I think I told you a story one day. And you know, I live in Vancouver, and I'm not saying there's anything bad about where you these areas in the Pacific Northwest. But I was just uh, like a year ago, uh, two years ago, I was had to take my car to the shop. I think I told you a story. So I take my car to the shop and drop it off. I walk down to. Uh, to have coffee to get wait for my car, do some work. I'm sitting in there and this guy walks in, um, you know, white gentleman walks in with his girlfriend and he looks at me like he'd never seen a black person before. And then Rich, I happened to see him walk out. He had, uh, uh, he had one of the Steelers, one of what was the famous receiver for the Steelers? Uh, one of the modern guys, the, the Ben Roethlisberger when Ben was around. Which one? Antonio. Oh, what, uh, what, yes, Antonio one? Holmes. Yeah, he Ohio had State. that guy's jerk. He had that guy's jersey on and his wife had another black player's jersey on. I was like, well, what is that all about? You know, it's like people wake up, you know, there's no, all this hate is totally bad. We are in the 21st century. We have to like get elect the right people and we have to make sure all of our kids know that it's great to have people that are different from you. It just makes the world a better place and getting to know them 
you'll find out they're not much different than you are, right? What do you always say about our blood? It's very close, right? Our DNA is very DNA. close. And DNA. You know, and, and, you know, I think the greatest thing Dr. King said that, that, you know, we should be judged not by the color of our skin, but by the content of our character. And that, you know, rings true today as, as, as true today as it did, you know, in 19, you know, 66 or 67 when, yeah. when he said it. Well, because well, um, you know, Rich, there's no difference between a white asshole and a black asshole. No. They're both assholes, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, seriously. Well, uh, but, when was the last uh, time a black person went on like a mass murder spree? You know, yeah, yeah, uh, doesn't happen. Those tend to be yeah. those tend to be white guys, except for the except yeah. for the except for the snipers in D.C. They were scary. Yeah, right? yeah, that was scary. All right, well, scaring we'll, everyone. Yeah. We'll be with everybody. We'll be back again uh, next week uh with the ticket to rider podcast i i couldn't you know i try to nobody died this week so i don't have any songs to, to to take us out on for people who died and i couldn't really think of anything from from hawaii or dubai so i saw this i saw a video uh this week of uh, i guess billy joel's having a farewell tour and yeah and they were playing this this song i don't think he's coming to portland i think he's going to seattle but i don't think he's coming wow. to portland unfortunately which is, you know, one of the great kind of B-side Billy Joel songs. So I figured I'd take everybody out with uh, Billy Joel, uh, the piano man, Billy Joel playing the song Vienna. So we'll talk to you next week, everybody. Have a good week, everyone. Tell me, why are you still so afraid? Mm. Where's the fire? What's the hurry about? You better cool it off before you burn it out. You got so much to do and only so many hours in a day. Hey. But you know that when the truth is told, that you can get what you want or you can just get old, you're gonna kick off before you even get halfway through oh when will you realize vienna waits for you slow down you're doing fine you can't be everything you want to be before your time although it's so romantic on the borderline tonight tonight When you're wrong, you know you can't always see when you're right. You're right. You got your passion, you got your pride. But don't you know that only fools are satisfied? Dream on, but don't imagine they'll all come true. Ooh, when will you realize? Be in a way.